0: Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast with Ryan Cote, where we feature casual conversations with entrepreneurs about personal development and growth. Hey, Jill. Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. How's your day going?
1: Doing well, Ryan. Great to be here with you.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, This is going to be a lot of fun over these next 15, 20 minutes. Let's introduce you to my audience of Morning Upgraders. Please tell everyone who you are, what you do for a living, and then something that you're grateful for right now.
1: You got it. So my name is Dr. Jill Carnahan. I have a functional medicine consulting practice in Boulder, Colorado, but my lens is much bigger than that. This last year, I've been author, producer of a documentary, and my passion in my work, wherever I'm at, is showing up authentically with love and light and inspiration to the world who desperately needs it.
0: Mm. I have two questions on that, what you just said. Uh, What What's the documentary about, and and what made you do it?
1: So I've been working on a book, which came out uh, this this year actually, and it's it's really I think stories are connection, right? So. I realized very early on that I needed to write a memoir because I went through breast cancer and Crohn's disease and mold related illness. And I'm like the guinea pig of how do you get over the impossible and how do you recover from things that are incurable? So that's my story, my backstory. And it's wow. pretty remarkable. I have like, I'm on my 10th of nine lives, you know, <laughs> it's that kind of a story. Wow. So, so I wrote, wrote a book and the publisher, you know, they were like, Jill, you can't do a memoir. You know, you're not famous enough. You're not. Uh, Michelle Obama or the prince of, you know, some country. And so because of that, but I felt in my heart and soul, and this is part of my lesson to the world is trust your intuition and trust your heart. I'm a very analytical person, but I realized that heart space, that connection, that story is really how we make a, make meaning and purpose of our experiences in the world. And whether it's me with my story or whether it's you or your listeners, we all have story and story for generations and, and centuries has been the connective tissue. So despite the warnings to the contrary. I wrote a memoir and it's actually done really well, but story is, is that connection because we can all relate to story. And what it does is it takes difficulties, suffering things that we don't expect and turns it into having meaning and purpose and actually inspiring and helping other people in their journey. So the documentary happened 2021. I was sitting in the midst of the pandemic at home and I realized, Oh my gosh, everybody's on screens nowadays. Is anybody reading books anymore? And I'm like an avid reader. And even for me, I listened to audiobooks and was on screens. And I was like, gosh, if my desire is to impact and change the world, I need to be where people are at. And so I I literally just prayer meditation kind of was thinking through this and like, I need to do a documentary. Ryan, I have no clue. I'm not a producer. I'm not a director. I'm a doctor. I have no business background. I have no, I mean, I'm creative, but I don't have any background in making a documentary, but I do believe in ideas that stick when you put them out in the world. So I thought, well, we'll see what happens within a week. I had a producer, a director, uh, an executive assistant. I had a whole team that was excited about the project. So then all we needed was a large sum of money to finance the project. But once again, I just thought, you know what, I put this out here in the world. And if I just believe and trust, if it's supposed to happen, it'll happen within three months. I had a call with a very wealthy investor that was interested in the project. He flew out on his private plane, a couple of weeks later and we collaborated and he was so generous and kind to offer us the full amount to film the documentary so that's my little miracle story and then last year we finished filming and we're now in fact this next coming weekend i'm flying to manhattan for the manhattan film festival to premiere the documentary that I, that we created
0: oh man that's awesome so you yeah, haven't actually i didn't tell you what
1: it's about yeah <laughs> so well, i was gonna say
0: I was just wondering like, what's, what was more exciting, like watching it or the actual journey leading up to it, but it sounds like you're still on the journey.
1: I am. And hands down the journey, you know, we realized in the process was it's the process that matters, not the end project because so often producer director, myself, and whoever else was involved in the process, there's glitches and there's changes in schedule and there's things that don't go quite as planned. But when you're about the, touching people's lives in the process, like actually while you're filming and the crew and the people involved, how do we love people better? How do we connect with people? And literally your whole purpose in filming that day is just how do we love the crew that came to help us? That's where the magic happens. And it shows up, that energy shows up on the screen. So the exciting part has always been the journey for me, not the end product. And I actually think that's one of the pearls to even give your listeners is when we fasten onto exactly how we want something to happen, we miss out on the magic. The magic is when we let go of the how, we know the vision. Like I had a very clear vision and I know that's part of why it happened. But as far as how the timeline, the details, even the money, the large sum of money, I just let it all go and trusted that it would happen in the right time, in the right place. And everything was in a way unexpected, but just like it was supposed to be.
0: Yeah. You're speaking my language right now with like energy and like putting things yeah. out. It's kind of like the law of attraction, right? I mean, know yes. some people like slam that, that book in the movie, but really it's like law, law of attraction plus intentional action. That's like the, ma- that's like the recipe that I full, fully heart, fully hearted. So yes. the word believe in, you know, totally. So what's the name of the documentary?
1: It's called Dr. Patient, and uh, there's the trailer up on com. if anyone wants to see the trailer and see where it's playing. We're in the process right now, of course, getting it into film festivals, so it's not being distributed yet, but it will be. So if anyone wants to watch the trailer or stay tuned, you can just watch along with us as far as where it lands. It'll probably end up in some you know, exclusive Hulu or Netflix or some distribution. Mm, that's
0: amazing. That's going to be really exciting. And who knows what, what that's going to do to the trajectory of your career and your day-to-day. True. I guess you'll find out soon enough. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's go to your uh, morning routine. How how do you start your days?
1: Yes. I want to just contrast because I've been kind of like the type A driven, get up at 5 a.m. and do high intensity interval for most of my life. But things shifted around 40 and I feel like I'm in a much better space. I really pulled back and now my mornings are almost the opposite. I actually have a, I, I sleep as my, my absolute non-essential, non-negotiable. I sleep really well. I make sure I sleep well. And we can talk more about that in a moment. But I get up you know, without an alarm and wake up. And I have usually my coffee, but I have my meditation kind of intention time. And I always had a trouble with meditation. Classical meditation did not work. And I think it doesn't work for a lot of very creative people who have a million different ideas going on at one time and they have trouble quieting their brain. So what I do is lucid dreaming. I go into an alpha state, either on my PMF mat or just by myself with my hand on my heart and with my coffee. And I'll have a dream or a vision, or I'll I'll actually plan out a day or something I want to happen in my head, like a movie. And I found out that is actually a form of meditation, very different. It's almost the opposite of the classical meditation, but it really works for me. And that alpha state, talk about manifestation, I think that's actually where we best manifest. And and then we kind of let go of the how, but we just can reignite that vision. And that's what I do in the morning.
0: And what was the mat you mentioned? I think that's a, that's a new one for the, for the show. What was the mat?
1: Sure. Pulsed electromagnetic frequency, PEMF. It has been my favorite biohack of all times. It's a you know study by NASA and it, it you can do different levels. There's one level that's the Schumann frequency of the earth. So it feels like if you're walking barefoot on the beach, um, another level that's alpha wave stimulating, another that's more like gamma wave. So there's different hertz. So whether I want to sleep better or perform better, I love the PEMF. This isn't a brand non-specific. It's PEMF is a type of technology.
0: Yeah, definitely a first, 150 episodes in. Another first for a morning routine. Cool. Love it. I love it. And I'm with you with like the, so I, you know, I, I've been doing morning routines forever now and I always experiment because I just like to tinker. And uh, lately I've been experimenting with more of a morning routine that's more relaxing, something I actually like look forward to, something I feel like soothes me as yes. opposed to like. Yes. Working out and I work. Some of it very forced. Like I'm the morning upgrade guy. So I have to have like this yeah. tense morning routine. And I've been playing with a more soothing, calm routine that I actually look forward to now, like visualization, meditating, reading a really good book and some other things. So I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah. I really even with the workouts, I, I used to do these high intensity and now I do like incorporate the workout in my day and I never go to the gym and I'm in better shape than I've ever been. So
0: that's awesome. I'd like to ask you about tips around personal development. You mentioned sleep and you you said you you sleep very well. So I'd like to learn more, pull some lessons from you if you if you're okay with that.
1: Sure. I, I'm a habitual person because habits form the long term goals. And back years and years ago, when my stepdaughters were young, I taught them you don't have to be really smart. You just have to have great habits because when you do things over and over and over and over ten thousand times they make a difference. And that was like how I started my blog, my website, everything great that's happened to me was just really, really good habits every single day in a disciplined way. And so for me, it's habits. So what, what are my habits? Sleep is, like I said, the number one thing, I'm a very good sleeper. And I will literally say no to events or do things based around making sure that I get good sleep, especially when I travel, because it's so easy to get off your routine. And I find that if I keep my routine, clean food, clean air, clean water, a lot of the basics, Even when I travel, I can perform at a high level. One of my favorite quotes is, it's okay to be high maintenance if you're high performance. So I'll take my extra bag with my air filter and my food, and my, but I don't mind because I perform at a very, very high level. So what do I do for sleep? I take an Epsom salt bath every single night, even when I'm on the road, if at all possible, if there's a bathtub that's calming, soothing. It helps with detoxification. I'll use infrared sauna a couple times a week. I use my PEMF mat every single day, either morning or evening or both. And then typically I'll have kind of a wind down routine with a lower light, you know, no blue light after like 10 PM and either reading or meditating or listening to music or even a podcast. So those are just a few of the things. Wow.
0: You're very dialed in, very dialed in. Has it always been like this?
1: Yeah. You know, I'm a highly sensitive person. I talk about that in the book because I didn't know for many years, I thought I was a freak or an alien. And the truth (laughs) is there's 10 to 15% of people that are just highly sensitive to the world. The gift of it is that we're incredibly in tune to details and we notice things that other people don't. We're sensitive to people's emotions. Some people Mm. like to think it's an empath and it's similar, but yet different, highly sensitive people also are sensitive to environmental chemicals and sights and sounds. And so I, because I, was that and didn't even know it, I tended to really tune into the details that made a difference in my performance. And so I am very tuned in, but I think it also comes from being a highly sensitive person.
0: You know, it's funny you say that because I've been lately exploring numerology. Just I'm just yeah. learning more about it, trying to learn more about myself and what it what lessons are in there. There's a book, The Life You Were Meant to Live by Dan Millman, and it goes into more numerology. And so if you look at my score, I am too. Uh, I'm a 33-6, which is Three is like sensitivity. So I'm like a double three. So I'm like cool. double sensitive. It's wow. so like reading about the stuff. I'm like, oh, and there's like positive and negatives. Like when you're showing up in your positive light, this is what you, what you're, yes. what you're like. And when you're the opposite, when you're showing up in your negative, this is what you're like. And I, I'm reading it, I was like, oh, my, I feel like I understood myself so much better. It all was like a light bulb shining on. Ryan,
1: I right. love that because that's exactly what I was saying that. I think I read the book in my thirties and it was like, Oh, like I said, I, before that, you kind of feel like you're something internally, like you deep down, you're like, oh, there's something weird about me. I don't quite fit in. And I think we probably all have pieces like that, but I, because I was this like introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert or something that didn't really fit. Like I needed alone time to recharge and that kind of thing. But yeah. then I realized, oh, it's just that sensitivity. I take in so much input. And the gift of that is I, is you're probably incredibly creative. I'm incredibly creative. We can find solutions to problems that no one else can. And there's some massive gifts in it. But the curse is I need to go to sleep at a good time. And I need, you know, like I need to recharge like a battery.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of my negatives is yeah, you can come like you can enter a room tight lip looking like you're angry. But it's more I'm just in my head. Yes. Try taking in everything, and because I've had a few cases where someone will say, "Hey, why why are you so upset right now?" I'm like, "I'm not actually. I'm actually in a yes. good mood." So I'm like, "Why are people keeping asking me that?" And when I read that, I was like, oh, that's goodness. it." In the Wow. Okay, I want to tap into your mindset a little bit because you mentioned going through those struggles, the, the health struggles. I'm sure there was a lot in your mind. You were running your business, and just like, how did you get through all that? Dealing with the challenges that you were dealing with, did you do anything intentional? Obviously, the habits, of course, but does anything else come to mind?
1: Yes. So, I think mental fortitude. I've, I love that word. It's like the work of Viktor Frankl and some of these people who have been through far more horrific events. He's Holocaust survivor. Edith Eger is another one, and they're some of my favorite authors and speakers and teachers because. They have been through absolutely horrific things, and yet they maintained love, joy, happiness, and service. And one of the things I remember reading about them was the heart, the compassionate heart, the deeply loving and compassionate soul. Those people were the ones in the concentration camps that actually did better. And you would think those would be more the soft people, the people who maybe wouldn't be as tough. But what happened was when they had one last piece of bread, they would share it with the person next to them instead of be selfish. And in that sharing, there's something about the human soul that comes alive. And there's something about resilience that comes alive. And so that I was really amazed at the fact that it was literally the compassionate empathetic hearts those people that did better in difficult circumstances, because you would think it would be the other type. So what do we learn from that? I think there's when we are thinking of other people or understanding that we're not alone in suffering or that other people are suffering sometimes far worse than us, it gives us perspective. And I think perspective sets up mindset so that we aren't, you know, woe is me. And even realizing that time is transient, this too shall pass. So in my worst, when I was diagnosed with cancer and I didn't know if I had six weeks or six months or six years to live, I remember deeply understanding that Number one, there's always people that are suffering more than me and I have it good in some ways relative to them. And number two, time is transient and this too shall pass. And even though it's awful in the moment when you're suffering, it's still temporary. Everything passes and things come and go good and bad. And those, those ideas. And then the idea that no one can change our mind. They can, you know, punish us, put us in prison, punish us in a concentration camp, all kinds of horrific things, but no one can take away our mindset we always have control over that. We always have freedom inside our head and our mind. And those ideas to me have been always so powerful and great teachers because I'm not unique in my suffering. Like I said before, we all have different things that we go through that are difficult. And so if we can have these commonalities, it, it really does help us get through.
0: You're me of a, I took a, a year long course and it was more like a coaching service, I guess. Brian Johnson, I'm not sure if anyone rings the heroic, which used to be called Optimize me, I think. Optimize not me. The guy's like, like the poster child of personal development. Yeah. The guy's really intense. But he has a saying like, "Um's obstacles make make me stronger." So yeah. you made me think of that when you were talking.
1: Absolutely, I'm a huge believer in that. And in the beginning, it doesn't feel so good. But after you've got quite a few under your belt, you're like, "Oh, in fact, I can tell you right now, Ryan, I believe there's not anything that could come my way that I couldn't handle, even death, which is a big statement." But when you get to that point where you've been through enough things, the fear kind of goes away. And we always think that hate is the opposite of love, but it's not. Fear is the opposite of love. And so we're always either choosing to love unconditionally ourselves and others and live in a place of love or we're in fear. And so we can always check in with ourselves. My two tests are number one is this action motive agenda thing that I'm doing based out of love or is it based out of fear? And if it's based out of fear, it's the wrong direction. I need to turn myself around. And then the other thing we can think about, if we don't really know the answer to the first question is, does this make me feel expansive or contracted? And typically the expansion comes from a loving choice and contraction from fear-based choices.
0: And we really speaking the same language because before in this conversation, I didn't get it out, but I was going to see you're talking about love. And I was going to say, yeah, I was on one of my mastermind calls and we were talking about how there's only really, really two emotions, fear and love, and they wow. can't coexist. So if you if you're yes, <laughs> of love, the fear just can't fit in because it's going to only hold one emotion. So funny.
1: It is amazing.
0: Well, this conversation flew by, that's for sure. I do have one last question for you, and then we're going to wrap up with you telling everyone you know where they could buy your book or whatever else you want to share. So my last question for you, Jill, is around the meaning of life, uh, which is a personal question. So through your experiences thus far and through your lens what is the meaning of life
1: yes i'm pausing because um whether you believe in a higher power or not to me the meaning and purpose of life is getting out of ourselves and seeing a greater purpose for our lives than just our because we we're all terminal we're all going to die <laughs> so if we have no idea that there's something transient, transcendent beyond Ourselves, then, um, it, it, we lack meaning and purpose in some way. And whatever that is, everybody has different purposes, meanings, yeah. and it ha- this has nothing to do with religion. So that to me is the transcendence of life, the meaning and purpose beyond ourselves. And then second, to me, it's, it's loving people, literally the whole thing we just talked about, like how in my work, in my life, in my actions, in my friendships, in my relationships, how can I show up not to receive love? but to become and be love to the world and if i can do that in the best way that i know how then i've succeeded and what's beautiful is when you become love love pours back to you in huge dividends you never have to look for love anymore
0: yeah it's true i, I remind myself that usually people are a mirror of what you're projecting out there if like you show up so, if you show up somewhere yeah. in a bad mood people are probably going to react to that negative energy in a bad mood you're going to be like why are why is everyone you know angry it's with so me so true you're putting out the energy that you're receiving,
1: so true. really quick, very funny story. I have a friend who's very pessimistic. I'm the eternal optimist to his pessimism, and he's always like, oh, I'm gonna lose my luggage da, 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 da. And I can't tell you how many times he's checked a bag, lost it. And for me, that never happens because I never expect it. And I'm not saying that's always the way, but it's this little funny story that literally I'm like, okay, you're gonna if you believe you're gonna lose your bag, then you're gonna lose your bag <laughs> right
0: I could share I could share so many examples of the similar stories. It's mm-hmm. it. It's really funny. Well, this conversation was amazing, Jill. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for everything you shared. If people want to learn more about you, where should we send them?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. So, my main website is just my name, jillcarnahan.com. You can get all kinds of free resources, my podcast, the book, of course. The book is called Unexpected Finding Resilience Through Functionless and Science and Faith, kind of that whole broad spectrum we just got into talking about. And, movie is doctorpatientmovie.com. And if you want to stay tuned to where that will be screening, you can go there.
0: Perfect. Thanks, Jill. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the morning upgrade podcast. Please subscribe and review and don't forget to visit us at morningupgrade.com for more content.